nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Live from London, this is the Sunday Lunch with Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio. Good afternoon, the time is 1pm on Sunday the 4th of September and you're tuned in to the Sunday Lunch Show with me, Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio. Today it is no longer P for pastoral but P for physical education as we talk about the impact that England women's Euro 2022 victory can have on schools across the nation. I'll be joined by Ella Toon's former PE teacher Simon Rigby to get his take on how far schools still have to go in terms of equal opportunities. Live from London, this is the Sunday Lunch with Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw slash ttradio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag ttradio. Wowzers, it has been a long time since I've been on these airwaves. Mr. Tom Rogers, thank you for your, your grinning emoji in the chat. It's been, yeah, it's been flipping ages. I think it's been just over a month. I had a, I think I took the summer break and yeah, just when you, when you're not in the school frame of mind, it's hard to still talk about things school related, I guess for me anyway, but full credit to all the other wonderful teacher talk radio hosts that did plow on through the summer, full respect Full respect for that. Simon, I see you. I'll bring you on in a matter of moments. I'll let you know when I'm bringing you on, mate. Just going to let the room fill up a little bit. A number of people here raring to go, which is wonderful. I do think, though, it's very funny how I hope Simon or Mr. Rigby can 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 stay Mr. Rigby and not turn into Ella Toon's former PE teacher, Mr. Rigby, because I feel like that's what I keep saying as an introduction to you. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I just call you Simon, probably, by, by the end. But yeah, as I said... Today's show is not a pastoral focus. If this is your first time listening to, to Teachers Talk Radio, then welcome. Thank you for your first time listens. If you're listening back, then thank you again. If you wonder how you can listen back, then you need to just head to either ttradio.org forward slash listen back, and then all the shows are there. You can search for topics. You can search for people. You can search for hosts like myself. You can search for just keywords, buzzwords, and you'll find the, an abundance of shows available um, containing, well, it's about what we wrote in our little biography of the show. So whatever you search, it will go through the bios of every show ever produced on Teach Talk Radio, and all the shows with those words in them would come up. Yeah, so it's, uh, by all means, get your teeth stuck into that. We're also on Spotify. We're also on Apple What's it called? Apple Podcast? I don't know what it's called. I don't use Apple at all. I'm not an iPhone person. But the Apple version of Spotify, we're also on there. But yeah, every, all information you need, ttradio.org, or just head to at ttradio2022 on Twitter, and you'll get all the information you need. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Khalil underscore R91. So today's show is a football focus. I'm not going to get any copyright infringement, so I'm going to stop there. Um, football focus, but then also, as you know, I do like to just, I've not been on the show for a month, so I do like to just give a little think about how this summer has been, what have people been up to, hope everyone's raring to go for the uh, for kids to be back. Let me know in the chat, if you are a teacher, when are your kids back? Because for me personally, we don't have kids in the building until Thursday. And even then, it's only two of our year groups. We have only four at the moment. And then Friday, two more year groups, the, well, the other two year groups come in. 
And then Monday, the whatever that will be, the 12th, Monday the 12th, everyone's in. So that's our full start. Let me know in the chat when your full start is. I get the impression a lot of people's full start is tomorrow. If it is, good luck. I hope you all have a better sleep than I've been having for the last few nights. My sleeps have been crud with a capital C-R-U-D. Absolutely rubbish. I don't know why. My partner thinks it was down to anxiety. I refuse to admit it, but maybe it was. I kept waking up with just my mind spinning and I don't even know it like just a cloud of unintelligible thought. And I don't know what I was, like I said, I don't know what it was. And I just kept waking up every hour or two, uh, which wasn't pleasant. And that happened in, that happened consecutively. Um, so then I rocked up, rocked up to school for the first day on Thursday and I was just hazy and everyone was just asking me the same questions and I was giving the same, like I hate, I hate formalities. I hate them. And if any of my colleagues listen to this, like, fair, like I'm not going to lie, I don't like them. How's your summer? What'd you get up to? Like, well, I just give it, and I heard the same people get the same answers to, to different people. And I was, and I just felt like a broken record. I don't like it. Um, and then people don't really want to know. <laughs> like, I, I don't, and if you talk too much about how your summer was, they think you're dragging on. Like, it's just, I'm more than happy to just say good morning. Hope your summer was well. I'm happy to see you. Now let's crack on. That's my style anyway. But I know there are people in the chat that do like to hear about other people's summers. Me, not too bothered. I'm not too bothered. <laughs> I'm not too bothered. I sound like an absolute like antisocial person, but I'm not. I'm very sociable. But as long as your summer was good and you got up to things you enjoyed and you came back, like and you came back healthy, good. I genuinely don't need to hear the ins and outs of your your trip to, I don't know. <sighs> Morocco, or I don't know where people went, Zanzibar, I don't know. Um, Christian said, year 7, 11, and 12 run on Thursday and Friday. Everyone all in tomorrow. Uh, TSCW, lovely to have you in the studio. Christian's also a regular. TSCW said, never a true word said. Listen, someone's got to say it. Teachers are very polite. And we buy the, we buy the book often, aren't we? Like It's, it's just part of the role. Um, but someone's got to say it. Someone's got to say it. And I know, like I said, there are people that do like the formalities. They do want to hear about people's holidays and what they get up to. I think there are a lot of genuine people out there. There's also people that aren't genuine. They don't want to know. They just, they're in the habit of saying they feel like it's a, it's a custom that they need to abide by. You don't rebel. You don't just say, hope you're good. Nice to see you. Um, let's get on with it. I can't wait to get this year started and let's move on. I don't need to find out what you do on your holiday. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> oh man. What a way to start the show just by just by being honest. Just by being honest. But yeah, so um let me tell you about my summer. Joke, joke, joke. So yeah, what what happened most recently? I've been talking about carnival, don't know how many of you went to carnival. Um <laughs> TSCW, I'm gonna take a break. TSCW said on training days, I want to hear <laughs> TSCW said on training days, all I want to hear is when is the break, when is lunch, and do we get to finish early? save the rest for everyone else that's all mate do you know what the first thing i want to find out was yeah do do we get breakfast um i knew the answer to these that's the first thing i looked for do we get breakfast every day do we get lunch every day i do or do i need to provide um what times we finish and do we need to stay till four or sorry do we need to stay till five or can we dip out at four for example and those are the key questions that a lot of staff actually want to know as well me, I'm a senior leader. I stay anyway. So even though I, I think of these questions, I know the answers already. And but I need that's a that's a question I get from staff. Staff are asking me, do we need to 
do we need to stay till five? I was like, no, you can go home at four and do your, any kind of planning prep that you want to do in your own spare time. Or if you want to just save it for, for at work, that's fine as well. Not a problem at all. Um, so yeah, I can tell TSCW is on my, on my wavelength, but listen, each to their own, each to their own. Either way, I hope everyone's had a wonderful summer. And I hope everyone's raring to go. What we're going to do, because I, without further ado, we've got enough people in the room already. I'm going to invite Simon to call in. I know you did already. Just press that grey phone icon. Let's get this show on the road and I'll bring you into the studio. And while he's doing that, as always, I'm just going to just gonna vamp because I can. Uh, but yeah, Carnival, my word. I did three days. You might know Carnival as one day. It's actually two days. Sunday is like the kids' day. But I also did like a pre-Carnival event on the, on the Saturday. Um, it's a tradition for me and my friendship group. But as we get older, so do those, those days get longer. And my legs get worse and worse. And I woke up on Mon- no, I woke up on Tuesday morning, pretty much not being able to walk. Um, it was actually crazy. It was carnage. And I wasn't doing anything rant, no one's doing anything excessive, just if you walk and dance for three days nonstop, plus uh, drinking a lot of apple juice, it's, it takes its toll. It takes its toll. Um, I'll say again, Simon, if you are in the studio, because I haven't seen you call in just yet, press the grey phone icon at the bottom of the app. I thought you did so already at the beginning of the show, and I'll bring you in. Um, if it's not letting you do it for whatever reason, then just leave the show, rejoin again, and then it should kick. Oh, no, it's working now. Let's check if we can rock and roll straight away. There we go. Simon, you there? Hello. Yes, I'm there. How are you? Wonderful. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, mate. How's your How's your Sunday been so far? Sunday so far is prepping and prepping for inset. So it's getting a little bit nervous, and if I'm honest, I've got a not for the first time, but first time to a new school, stand up and uh, and deliver inset to staff as a as a, an acting deputy. So um, oh, nice. yeah, I think the nerves are kicking in a little bit this uh, this Sunday. So what was your what was your role before now then? Before being acting deputy, it's been a it's been a long and winding road. Really, I've done lots <laughs> of things in it, it, lots of things. So I've just finished at a school where I was LSP teacher. Um, I finished there in uh, at May half term, uh, where I'd worked for twenty four years, um, and I'd done lots of jobs at school, uh, mainly pastoral, uh, pastoral uh, head of year. Um, acting assistant head teacher, but I've been head of department, PE. Um, I've done lots of things, lots of things. Yeah, yeah. In the 24 years, uh, it came to an end, uh, and I moved on to be uh, assistant head teacher in charge of behaviour and attendance at, okay. at, um, at another school. So, um, yeah, I started enjoying that, and then an opportunity came up just before summer uh, that I applied for and, and was successful to get, so... Well done. Well, congratulations for that. Also, what I will say, based on your background, we on Teach Store Radio here on Sunday Lunch Show, I do something often called the Pastoral CPD Clinic, where we talk about we talk about all things pastoral, yeah. and we give it we give a platform for some of the things that we don't often speak about in the teaching world, the softer yeah. side, all the things outside the classroom. So yeah, by all means, stay like stay following me and see. I will. Yes. Off, like I said, on the Sundays, and then we do talk about different things. Of course, behavior comes up, attendance. All those different things come up and we get to discuss as 
pastorally minded people. So yeah, yeah if you're if you're one of us, Simon, then please do I join the conversation. Am. Please join the com- <laughs> please join the conversations when you can. But thank you no for worries. for agreeing to come on the show. I know you were a very sought after person off of the uh, off the back of the of the women's Euro victory. <laughs> saw your face, saw your face popping up on all kinds of TV screens. How, did, how was that? What was that experience like? Or has that happened before? Is that the first time that's happened? Um, it's the first time really that that's happened. Um, but I think that's down to the success of the, of the women's game now. Um, and certainly the England team. Uh, but I've done quite a few things with Ella. I've done a couple of uh, podcasts with Ella. Um, uh, so that's been kind of an introduction into, into her journey, really. Uh, and you know me being alongside her in that journey, um, and and that's been great. The podcast went down went down really well. Um, so yeah, it was it was a, it, it, I've had a, a, a slight introduction, but um, yeah, since winning the winning the Euros, it's it's gone a little bit crazy for her, and consequently <laughs> yeah, well, for me. <laughs> well, indeed. So what? So how? So it's going to sound like a silly question, but how do you think most people have? Is, do you think just one person found out you were a PE teacher, then it just caught on like wildfire? I think it's. I think. I think journalists were doing the research and they'd seen mm. a couple of things that I'd done with her, and um, you know they've read through biographies. They'd seen maybe some tweets that I'd posted. Um, they, they'd, they'd been on the podcast because I was asking questions about different things that were on the podcast as well. So I think, uh, and I don't say this very often because I think journalism's a dying a dying art in this country. But I think there was a, a you know I think there was some good journalism in respect that they'd done the homework, mm. um, and and that's always a good thing. No, definitely. We've already had questions popped into the chat, one of which I believe is from someone you know fairly well, which I, I like as well when you get your, your mates in there. So Scott's come in quite early on saying, <laughs> he said, question for Simon, what's the secret with you having so many successful students leave your school? Can you give some context for anyone that doesn't know what Scott's alluding to here? Well, Scott um, is actually one of my students and he's also the, <laughs> the deputy that I work with very closely. We've just been planning uh, some really good inset for our our staff, um, okay. well, I'm saying we, Scott's done a lot of the planning, I'm doing a lot of the delivery and, and you know, we, we work really well as a team, just Scott and I, but Scott was one of my former students oh, wow. um, okay. and, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been great to see. I've got a lot of, in 24 years of teaching, as you do, you pick up a lot of students and, mm. um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm talking next week with Scott about building relationships with students, which is which is what I think is a key. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the the stronger those uh, foundations in the relationships that you build, the you know the, the longer the relationship lasts. And you know, it's been great to see Scott flourish as a uh, well, going to be a head teacher very soon, which is which is great. Uh, I'm going to certainly miss him working alongside him. Um, but it, what's the secret with having so many successful students? Is he? Do you think he's referring to himself partly there as well? Uh, <laughs> 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 do, do you know him too? Um, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure Scott knows that there has been a lot of a lot of successful students that left the the school that I worked in for for 24 years, and um, uh, you know, I think I think the answer is that you you build up good relationships with with your students, and um, and and he knows that I think firsthand, and uh, it's good to see. Oh, nice, nice, nice. So I was we I knew we were going to end up speaking about Ella. Um, at some point during the show, Mr. Tom Rogers has already thrown the question in, and I know you've I've heard, I know you've answered this question quite a lot on TV and on different kind of platforms. So I don't know if your answers are gonna if you can give us some uh, some inside scoops or not. I don't know. <laughs> I will but, try Tom, my best. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tom has asked the question. So what? 
I, I, for me personally, I think we've seen, so I'm not going to ever front like I've been the most avid watcher of, of women's football plus yeah. going on to like international. I'm never going to front like, like I have been. But what I have seen, the limited kind of stuff I have seen of Ella, whether it's through interviews recently or the little videos you've seen now that obviously everything's come more to the fore. She, Tom says, strikes me as a legend. I just wonder, obviously, we what's she like now, if you're still in touch with her, but also yeah. what was she like from... I don't know what year I'm going to assume you taught to maybe like the year seven up through. Yeah. So then what was she like through schooling compared? Did she stand out in any way or was she just better at football than everyone? But apart from that, she was just kind of like a normal kid. Like what was she, what was she like, Ella Toon? So she, she, first and foremost, she is a great person. She is, you know, she's, she's humane. She's, uh, she's driven. She's humbled. She's she's all those things. She's the real deal. She's a she's the you know a really good package of a person, uh, you know, with lots of lots of qualities, and uh, yeah, I taught her from from coming in in year seven. I taught the family. Um, she has she had uh, you know the Toon family in in in, in the local area are, are known. Uh, are, you know they're, they're a really nice family, um, and, and a cousin once uh, who was in my football team said, "Listen, you're getting a cracker coming in. Ella's Ella's going to come in school next year. She's a, she's a great footballer." Uh, and and you know it was one of those things that it was it, you know it was in it was in the back of your head before she even came to school. Oh, she's coming, and then we saw her on open day and had a chat with her and. She was walking around with the United top on, which is always a good sign. Um, <laughs> oh, you're, said, you're oh, United fan. You're a United fan, aren't you? I am. Yes. As, oh, as, yeah, yeah. We, we're not okay. going to stray onto that yet, Achilles. No, really, we, no. We, no that, that won't come up for her. That won't come up. To, maybe, maybe, maybe towards the end. Maybe towards the end. <laughs> but no, she was a great girl. And when she came in in year seven, was she just a footballer? No, I called her sport Billy from from the very start. She was. She wanted to do absolutely every sport and. She was one of those kids, you know, who said, oh, we're really short on uh, somebody coming to the basketball. She, you know, she'd, I'll come, you know, her, her hand was straight up there. It was, you know, I'll do this and I'll do that. And, and she just wanted to, to do sports. She was a great sports person. Um, and, you know, we, she played football in year seven with the, with the, in the lads team because at that time there was, there's, there's not much girl sport going on. And she played football for me all the way through to the end of year 11. Um, in the boy, in the boys' team. In the boys' team, yeah. Even okay. you know, going over to to schools in 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 the Wigan Borough, and you know, some teachers were looking at me as if I say, you, you know, you've brought Ella again, and and you know, she was part of that team, and she she you know, she was respected in that team by the the lads that she played with, um, and you know, she had she earned her place in that team. Mm. Quest, question about yeah. that, just out, just out of interest, how does she compare technically to the boys in that team? And then, how much? How much of a part did physicality? Did a, did was there a physicality mismatch that did mean, unfortunately, in certain situations she was I don't know shoulder barged off and blah blah blah, and it came. It meant that she was at a disadvantage physically. Was there? A, was it that obvious? Yeah, yeah, yes, it was. But you know, okay. she had a, she what, what she she lacked in that physicality aspect. Uh, she made up for in the skill aspect because she was she was probably more skillful than. Than any of the boys that were on the, on the team, and, and any of the boys that we played against, and you could see that you know that first touch getting that ball into position. Um, when she scored that goal in the final, I've seen her take that take to be in that position to take that ball and turn mm. and run at the keeper or the defenders, 
I've seen that a thousand times. You know, that's yeah. she's been doing that since she was since she was a kid. That's what she's you know, that's her trade. She's playing a trade. Uh, so what she made up for in that lack of physicality, she certainly made up for in uh, in the skill side. Uh, but yeah, and she but that never phased her. You know, when she finished school, she used to come back and play staff football. <laughs> so nice. every Friday night we play, we the staff get together, um, and you know, she'd come along and she'd ask, could she play? And you know, if we were short, she'd 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 have a run out with us and, and Would she know, take would she, would she take it easy on you? Would she take it easy on us? Um <laughs> I think she did at the start, but then she realised that you know if she whichever side she was picked on, which to be fair was usually mine. Um, she, she, there was that willingness to win, and and if we didn't win, she'd get the she'd get the look, uh, as they'll say, "Come on, let's get mm. going." So I think she um, did. She take it easy. I think she, she did take it a little bit easy, but when it mattered, she she kind of knew when to step up, shall we say? Yeah. So how how does she handle? What was she like in like, the academic side? Brilliant. Okay. She she. I always say the more you do, the more you do. So the, the kind of the, the more the more that she did a sport, the more that she did her academic side. She knew that, that, that both went hand in hand. She, she couldn't drop one for the other because that's you know you hear these stories, these boys, and and, and don't you? And you know I'm going to be a footballer, so I don't need my education. Well, mm. well, that's certainly never been the case that with any student that I've taught, and I have taught you know a few lads who've gone on to uh, to to play professional sport. Um, but I think if you're a sportsman, you've got that that desire anyway to want to do your best, um, and whether that's academic or or in in the sporting world, I think it, I think I think it goes hand in hand. Yeah, you. I think it does for a lot of them. But then you do. Yeah. You like you said, you do have a, a a group that do get they get kind of lost in the in the want to become a footballer. So nothing else. Nothing else matters. So I need to put all yes. my eggs in those baskets. And if I've got training or I've got homework where well, I'm going to training kind of thing, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which I, I understand. I was never like, I play football, but I was never going to make it. Um, so I was always like, well, I, might, I need to make sure I study my books because, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I'm not going to make it as a pro footballer. And I knew that very early on. I mm-hmm. never put, it wasn't anything that I put like, you have to, you have to dedicate from, mm-hmm. from the early years. For, we're talking, well, I'm going to ask. I, for me personally, well, obviously it's from, it's from primary because otherwise you get... Yeah. If you haven't got, not if you haven't got there by primary school, but if you get to secondary and you're not yet on the brinks of the academies or blah, 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 then in this day and age, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very unlikely. But you mentioned in your, in your story that when, when Ella was first joined, there weren't many girls. There wasn't, there, I'm assuming there wasn't a girls team. There wasn't, and, no, no. Go on. Yeah, no, there that, wasn't a girls team. That was team. the norm, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And, mm. you know, even you, you know, you're reflecting on whether she was, she was good at academic. There was, there, was, there was probably never that conversation because at the time when she was, uh, you know, ready for leaving school, there, there was no kind of uh, professional, professional football wasn't, wasn't a, you know, a guaranteed option for her anyway. Um, you know, she went, to, she went to City as it was because United didn't have a, a teacher. So she left United at 16 um, and went to, to, to join Manchester City and, um, because they had, they looked like they were having a future uh, in in the footballing, you know, in the footballing side. So um, there was no guarantees for her. So I suppose she had to take that, you know, that education side seriously anyway. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only chuckling because I don't know if you saw what Tom Rogers has put in the chat. He's trying to, he's trying. He said, "I said often it's too late 
to get into football if you're not in academies by a certain age. And he's saying, Jamie Vardy, Kevin Phillips, it might not be too late, too late for me. I think it's a little bit far, <laughs> a little bit far gone for me, mate. I played 45 minutes yesterday and uh, let's just say I, I asked to come off at halftime. Not through, <laughs> not through poor performance, through poor, poor stamina only. But yeah, so on this, because I remember when I first started teaching, it was only about two, uh, 10, 11, 12, I can't remember years now, 11 maybe, 11 years ago. I remember that, I remember speaking to PE staff and they were talking to me about having to, I remember going through that that stage of where they had to make, where there was pressure on schools to make cuts in different kind of curriculum areas. Yeah. And often what would be the case is there were cuts made to the number of lessons of PE yeah. or number of hours of PE. So you, you being someone who's taught obviously for a lot longer, yeah. you've seen and felt the brunt of that. What was that? Mm-hmm. What's that been like over the years, knowing that you just have to cut back on the exposure you're giving kids to, to PE. And I imagine if you're cutting back for all kids, it's going to disproportionately affect girls because they already have a limited exposure compared to boys back then. So how was, how did you find all those experiences of the, of the yeah, restrictions? I, I think what, with the cutbacks in curriculum time, I think there was, um, there's an explosion in, well, pre COVID, I would say there was an explosion in uh, opportunities, extracurricular time. So if you've got, you know, if you've got a really strong PE department who are willing to give that time up to their students, um, then that the the kind of curriculum time was offset with the extracurricular time. So, mm. and I've always I've always loved my extracurricular. I think it's a time where it's a little bit more relaxed. Um, you know, you've got kids who are coming to 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 do things or try new things and really get into it. And uh, you know, if you can find outlets for that in a in a in a borough wide program of events, then then you know you can take them to those opportunities. Yeah. Um, so I think you had to kind of, I think you had to be creative uh, in terms of of yeah you might have lost some curriculum time, but how did you how did you promote sport within your school? You know, I, I always had a full and the and the P staff that I work with always had a, a you know a full sports hall and table tennis room at at, at dinner times and. You know, there was always something going on. The gym was always full. The you know the, the fitness suite was always full because you know we, we were there opening those uh, those facilities at, at times where students could go in. So there was kind of a there was a, there was that drive for PE still coming through, even though even though yes, time was lost in the curriculum mm. uh, for various different reasons under various different uh, education ministers. Yeah, I get that. We had a question from Christian a little while ago. I tried to make a nice little segue into it. So Christian's asked. So I know I work in a, my school, we don't yet have an official girls team. I know we have girls that get together and play football, but they don't, I don't think they play against any other teams. And Christian's asking, what are your, what are your top tips in order to like in actually establishing a girls team in your experience? Have you or your department had much put, have you had much pushback from, I imagine your seniors? How do you maintain it? How do you keep it sustainable? Because I think Christian's in the process of trying to, generate more interest but I feel like it's very difficult in secondary I feel like you can lose a lot of girls in secondary because of their primary school experience but either way um yeah he said what's your if you want to set up a girls team and make it sustainable what advice would you give what advice would I give was would be linked with your local community teams you know uh, there's plenty going on in the local communities now and if there isn't then then you know that's that's sad in itself and and there's a there's an opportunity there as well uh, but link to your local communities. Find out who the girls are that are coming through. Go and visit them uh, beforehand. You know, watch a couple of games that they're, that they're playing in. 
generate that interest before they get there in year seven. And then when they get there in year seven, they've got a face to look at. Uh, they know, hang on, that was that teacher who came and watched our team. Yeah, all eight. And, you know, well, have a look at these girls as well. And then before you know it, you've got you've got the basis of a team forming. And then, you know, kids make new friends. They bring friends along. It builds and it builds. And it's that kind of story of the, the, rolling, the rolling stone and gathering no moss. Well, you know, get up, get that stone rolling. So you, you've got people joining at, you know, all stages. Mm. Um, so then links to that local community are, are really key. Uh, we're, you know, I've been in a fortunate position, I suppose, where we've got we've got several local teams in our community that 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 do a lot of the groundwork before they get to secondary with with the boys and girls teams. So, um, but it's you know it's about being a face within that community as well. You know, you're not just you're not just a PE teacher at that school. For me, uh, you're a PE teacher in that community. So so tap into your tap into your into the the the, the skill set that's out there and the uh, the knowledge that's out there too. Yeah. So I'm, am I right in assuming your current, the school you're working in now, do you know if that's got, has that got girls football teams for all years? They haven't yet, no. Okay. Um, you know, I think PE at the, at the new school is a, is a kind of, um, is a working project. Um, okay. we, we're trying to get that going again. Uh, it's an inner city Manchester school, so that's got different challenges. Um, so, um, but, it, you know, there's no, there's no reason to say that it can't be. Um, you know, P is for me a vital component in in a school's in a school system. It helps with so many things. You know, as pastoral like you and I are, we, it helps with the discipline. I think um, yeah. it gives schools that sense of collegiality, that that sense of belonging. Uh, and I think you know, you've got schools with a very good PE department, uh, a very good arts and and drama department, music departments. I think what you've got then is that 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 spirit. And that spirit feeds into that school and, and you know, that's where you, you start getting your rewards. Mm. How much do you think, how vital do you think primary school is in this? For me, because my inexperience, I makes, I feel like your experience of prime. I think primary is where I got really into football. So I feel like the opposite could be true, as in you could be, if you're a girl or a boy and your experience of of football was a negative one, maybe you weren't weren't that great. So then you got ousted, or maybe I don't know. Maybe you're a girl trying to play with the boys, and what happens is you got you got the, the mick taken out of you. For example, I do agree that if you have a poor experience of a sport like football or rugby, or whatever, in primary school, then that can you can be just put off it by the time you get to secondary, just not even want to have a go. I, I think it is, yeah, but I think that's where then the the skill sets of your PE teachers um, in secondary school come to the fore. You know, and if you've got if you've got those that you know you've got the PE teachers in in your team that that want to really go that extra mile, and the students can see that, and they can see that they're a little bit different, or uh, you know they're not like those those experiences that they've had in primary school. I think you can pick them up again, and you know reignite them again. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't say all these. I think primary schools are really hard done to in terms of PE because they've got so much going on, and mm. I understand that. Uh, you know. And the, Recently, they've been tapping into you know coaches going in and um, uh, you know to to provide PPA cover for staff to give them their PPA time and do some PE and and I, and I think that might have helped a little bit. But again, it comes down to budgets and affordability. Can can all schools afford that? Uh, so the ones that can probably see you know probably see the benefits of that, but the ones who who can't afford it don't. So I think I think. A good PE department, really, for me, should reignite that passion at year seven when they come, and and, mm. and that should be done with opportunity. 
um, and with with a little bit of enthusiasm as well. Like, ex- and it needs explicit. It needs to be named, doesn't it? It needs to be like, oh, I got football trials because then you've got kids who, even if you tell you, oh, I've got football trials, kids will instinctively or subconsciously assume, oh, they might, they must just mean for boys, for example. Yes. So do you know what I mean? So you have to. I imagine if you are the P department, you have to either say mixed, but then I'll be like, mm, I don't know what you feel about mixed trials in year seven. I know that's usually okay. What age is it that that they're not allowed to play competitively against boy, boys and not allowed to play football? From year girls? eight onwards, I think. Year eight, now. okay. Yeah, I think okay. that's the I think that's the, the new um, the new guidance. Right. So um, I guess it's yeah, it's vital in year seven then if yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna do maybe not even trials but just football something or other club then you. Yeah. Do you think it's important to have a specific girls trials slash club slash something, or is it? Oh, it's for everyone. Mix boys, girls, welcome everyone. I what think do you... I th- my personal feeling on it is it should be for everyone, as as sport should be. But then then there's a filtration system there, then isn't there? Um, I think you know that's where you can say right. We've got brilliant. We've got we've got thirty six girls that we can choose from. Let's go over now and and you know we, we, tonight we're we're all together. We can see you, but next week we're gonna we're gonna build on it and we're gonna have the girls on their own. We're gonna have the boys on their own, and then we can see where we can get. And and I think that creates that enthusiasm and, and that that passion as well. I think um, I, I'm all for kind of just getting as many people to. So at my last school out of nearly 300 cohort entry we'd have on on the first um rugby open session that we would call it uh, for boys and girls we'd have like 130 140 kids turning up of of all different abilities uh you know and and that that was always great um but p teachers are p we've got to sometimes we've got to um, pick pick an eleven, and you know you've got all those <laughs> yeah, people. So yeah, yeah. I, I always I always said extracurricular it should be for everybody, uh, and it doesn't matter you know if it's a boy or a girl, if it's somebody who's really good at the sport or not really good at sport. If they want to turn up after school and do that sport, they are more than welcome. Crack on. Mm, no, definitely. We have um we do enrichment, so we have like football enrichment, which is. They opt, they choose it, and anyone can choose it. And when we football's, as you can imagine, probably the most popular in Richmond. But then what we do is we 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 say we split, we, we get people to pick where they want to be on the take it seriously side or have mm-hmm. a kickabout side. And then the kids just kind of like naturally, they just kind of organically filter themselves into the people who, and they're like, what does it mean take it seriously? I say, listen, usually the people that play, as the people that play for teams, they take it a lot more seriously. If you don't want, if you want, want to be with them, go be with them. If you don't play for a team and you just have a little kickabout, then go have a kickabout. Yeah. And then and then we often get a lot of the girls that play for teams go with the boys and it's nice. Yeah. And it is that kind of open. And you also have girls that just want to kick a ball and run and they yeah. go there as well. And it is very open. But that's, we haven't, I think that worked well in year eight because we had girls that were bigger than, some girls are bigger than the boys and they were just, there was very, I, I wish I could name names and show these girls. There's a girl <laughs> who's like, she's more athletic and like she's, she can handle herself on a on a sporting field, and there was a one of her friends is very very small and is a boy, and they came up against each other. She but it was the funniest. Joe, you know, <laughs> a teacher. You're not supposed to laugh at not these things sometimes. You know, yeah, you know, you're not supposed to laugh at these things sometimes. But the whole field, teachers included, went into absolute <laughs> hysterics because they came up one against each other, and she barged him and he went absolutely flying he laughed a little bit but the rest of us the, the, the game just stopped like the game just stopped and it was wonderful like it was just wonderful to see 
that it's like, hold on, no, no, no. When we say level playing field, we mean a level playing field. <laughs> Do you know, like and you, that's what that's what we mean. But and how many of those kids would remember that as well? See, those are memories, yeah, no, yeah, and, and I yeah. think that's what. Again, I think that's what extracurricular and uh, you know things like PE and arts and drama. I think that's what that's what offers. Uh, that's what's on offer from the other side of the, the academic coin, isn't it? And and and, and those are the experiences that that students remember for a long, 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 long time. Yeah, no, definitely. No, it's very, very, very important. Very yeah. important. If you just move the conversation across a little bit, just to change the, the tone a bit, and just talk about the women's professional football game. Yeah. Um, do you, were you, have you always been following it? Or do you follow it now? Do you follow it more than you used to? What was, what's uh, your kind of I, I haven't there? always followed it. If I'm totally okay. honest, no. I, and and Ella's, Ella's kind of, you know, kept me informed about it, made me, made me watch it a lot more. Uh, and you know, that, you know, it's because of her really that I, that I, I do take an interest in it. Mm. Um, I'm going to cut. I'm going to cut you off and ask you a very, 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 very incisive question. Why do you think you haven't watched the women's football games that much over the years? Probably because of my involvement with Man United. <laughs> if, mm, I, okay, if I'm honest, okay. because yeah, yeah. I've I've watched. You know, I've been a season ticket holder at Man United for 22 years now. Um, I've watched them home and away. Uh, you know, I've got a busy job. I've got a family. Uh, you know, it's just one more thing to add into that coin that takes that little that that, that little bit time. of time away. Um, yeah. So it's you, you know what it's like. You, you're not going to preach to the converted, but you've got to you've got to proportion your time, especially with you know big jobs and um, and a family. You've got to you've got to proportion your time quite evenly, haven't you? No, def- no, I agree with you. And for me, like I said, I think I use. I feel like I used to watch. Oh, I, if I did, I watched a women's game years back. And for whatever reason, I thought that the, I'm going to be honest. I just thought the standard was was quite poor. Um, but this was we're talking years and years and years ago. Nothing recently. No, I think this was even before the the like the the women's super league came. Do you know how it, like it's on Sky now? So it's before yeah. all this happened. Before all that, I think I watched the women's game. I don't know if it was a national game or something. And I just looked and I went, oh, it's just not. I just didn't enjoy it. it. Just wasn't. And I think since then I was turned off it. Okay. And it wasn't. And it genuinely for me wasn't until these Euros and the latter stage of the Euros. So I heard all the hype and I just wasn't, I still wasn't very tuned in. And then I, and I started to watch these games. I was like, I was like, oh my word. Yeah. And because I was like, I was like the stat, like the standards and more important, you know, more important than the standard, it was the pace. Yeah. Because when I first watched the game years and years and years and years ago, the pace was too slow for my liking. Like it just seemed too slow. It yeah. wasn't very exciting for it. it. Didn't seem very end to end. And also, I thought I'm going to be honest. I thought the goalkeeping standing was quite poor, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, that just detracts from the whole thing. But this, this, the last year or two, whenever, and then Euros as well. I started watching, thinking, oh my word, it's, it's actually gone like it's, it's gone up a massive level. Absolutely, a it's, it's stratospheric level. now. It's, you know, I think I think you've got some people who would rather go watch a, a women's game than than go watching a, a you know a man's game or a lower league man's game. You know, I've been watching, as I said, Man United, and I've been not disillusioned with it, but I've, I've been, I've been to the point where I'm thinking I'd rather watch the women play. Mm. It's been, it's been a little bit like that, but and that's not necessarily just because of Ella. That's because the, the pace is, has been, has been there. There's the the passion and the drive of the players that are playing on the team and for the shirt have been there, uh, and 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 you know that 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 feeds you a little bit. That you know that's what you're left wanting. Um, no, agreed. As a you know, as an observer, you want you want you want that passion to be to be evident, and and the girls have certainly shown that. No, they, definitely, they are leading the way at the moment. I've got to say. Yeah, hundred percent. I for the first time I was looking into 
and I have looked into women's games, tickets, everything else. I, yeah. I know there's an, there's an Arsenal Spurs game going on at the Emirates and tickets cost like £11. And I've already told my, my partner, being like, let's just go and watch this game. Yeah. Because you, end up, you go to the full stadium, you're going to see a very competitive match with a high quality. I know she's not she's not even into football, but she'll go for the for the for the spectacle essentially. Yeah, yeah. And you go but for she'll what? enjoy it. She, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you now, she'll enjoy it. Yeah, eleven pound compared to the em- I can't even get an Emirates ticket. Like, I'm not, <laughs> like I literally can't even. I can't even get. I'm not a season ticket holder. I used to be a member. I can't even get one unless it's some late night European Thursday against someone that's from a country that no one's heard of. Like then maybe I might be able to get a ticket. But me, no, no chance. I've even looked at those, and I know the. I'm not. I don't have the stats, but I know there was a massive spike yeah. in in ticket sales. Yeah. And what? And I guess the whole point of this show that we're kind of building up to now is what do you, what if anything, do you think this is all going to have in terms of an impact on our schools? Is there now? I don't know if that if you can call it a pressure, but is there now an expectation maybe on schools to? to pull their, well, figuratively speaking, and like pun intended, pull their socks up a little bit mm. and ensure they're giving their girls who are talented enough opportunities there. Do you feel like that's that has to take hold now? I think it has to. And and I think if if schools don't get, get a grip of this, they're missing out on probably the best opportunity that they've had in a very long time to raise the profile of their school. Uh, and, and you know that's as blunt as it blunt as it is because you, you're right. There's there's for too long there's there's girls gone missing uh, in sports, and it's, it's it's quite simply wrong. You've got to mm. you know as a, as a school you've got to provide opportunities. Yes, uh, but as a, as a PE teacher in a school, I think you've got to spot those the, the, those with talent uh, and try and uh, and you know try and pigeonhole them in the right way. Give them the opportunities. Uh, so I think I think it's going to be busy for a lot of PE departments up and down the country. I think it's going to be a busy, no, busy time. And I think what you mentioned about kids going missing is crucial. I think that feeds into. I remember I was talking to my partner about it, and I think people were mentioning when you look when you look at the England team, you do. I don't know. Not everyone notices what we notice, but I notice. I know uh, compared to the England men's team, you got you got a difference in terms of diversity. The England women's yeah. team is slightly less diverse. And I'm thinking, and I, I was racking my brain thinking, why is this the case? Why is this the case? And you do start to think. You're like, hold on. Well, if you don't, if you're if you're not harnessed in school, then the only people who are going to be able, if you haven't got the opportunity in school to kind of hone and develop that way, mm-hmm. then the only the only opportunity you got is to be able to go out to the clubs. Yeah. And you've got to be able to have people with the time to to be able to take you out to the to the trainings to the to the to the to the, to the trials to the to matches to everything and that mm-hmm. often only is afforded to people with more in the more advantageous financial positions yeah because you've got they've got the time they've got the money as a backup and they've got the time there to be like no my my girl loves football we can mm-hmm. also take her out and know that we're not going to do ourselves any kind of financial disservice in the process yeah. and i think that's that's fine and no one could ever say that's a bad thing but i think we're also saying well, hold on what about the kids who are disadvantaged that are very yeah. talented in football yeah, yeah so how we now we need to make sure they've got opportunities just the same way we've got disadvantaged boys absolutely who from and, any and that, all different backgrounds who've got those opportunities because football for boys is everywhere yeah. and it's free and attainable and it's in schools and it's in clubs and it's just everywhere 
But I'm I think sorry, that's I where the, I think that's where the local communities, you know, the local community teams, uh, they've got a, a massive part to play in this. And, and as I said, you know, I'm lucky that there's a, we've got a lot of teams around us that that do. Uh, but it, it's the FA's job, you know, that's yeah, the I mean, FA's yeah. responsibility to say. If you've not got a girls' team, you can't access this kind of funding. And I know that's happening more and more, uh, where you know schools that are linking up with clubs for things like four Gs, um, uh, you know, four generation pitches and and, and and you know extra coaching. Uh, the, there's that caveat in there that well, we will offer you funding, but the you know you've got to you've got to promote uh, X, Y, and Z. And I think one of those should be that there's, there's girls' football definitely taking place. Yeah, no, that's well. That would make it. That would make a difference. It would make them, like I said, it'll, it'll make them pull their socks up. People were talking about um, when off the back of the Euros. I can't. I don't know fully what they were talking about, but it was essentially saying that the Premier League should now. People were arguing that the Premier League should run, not run, or should absorb the Women's Super League or something along those lines, as opposed to being under the FA or something. I don't know if this makes any sense. What I'm saying, John, do you get what I'm talking about? Or have I just made something up? No, I'm not quite with you on this one. I'm sorry, but let's try and let's try and explore it a little bit more, shall we? Go on. Back, I, feel, I wish I could find. I don't know if it was Ian Wright or someone who started speaking about what should happen next. Yeah, so just... the, the girls did an open letter, didn't they? Um, to to saying that uh, they wanted more opportunities for for the girls to uh, to 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 get into football, so that you know they they've got a they have got a golden opportunity now for for this to be to be grab with and ran. Um, and I think they were right. That, you know, Nobody knows better than those girls who are in that team that mm. the, the struggles they've had to get to where they are now. No, definitely. When, yeah, when you they've read got that story, to listen. Well. Yeah, you, they've got to listen to that. They've got to, they've got to say, OK, what can we do? Let's, you're, you're the perfect people to listen to, so let's go. What can we do? Um, mm. And when they wrote that open letter, I was, I was applauding because they, that's where the... That's where the the kind of the germination of this all comes from. Those those girls who are in that team. It's a shame that the only the only reason why this all come about is they had they've had to actually win they had to win something yeah in order to then have the 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 well, I would say platform but just the I don't momentum. know what the, yeah momentum the clout yeah. they've had to win so they had to essentially it's like you have to prove yourself first mm. because before they've had an we've had an England ladies an England women's team for I don't know how long yeah. Um, but clearly, they've needed. We've they've needed to, and then the, and you say the England men's team won Jack from since nineteen sixty six. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. how long? I don't actually don't know. I might do some little bit of research in the break uh, to work out how long we've had an England women's team. I don't know how long for. Um, what roughly? I would I say. Go on. How many years? Maybe ten years. Ten years. Twelve years. We'll ask the rest of the room. This is a little quiz before the break. You're not allowed to Google it. Just put your answer in the chat. I don't know the answer. I'm going to find out. How long do you think we have had an England's women's national football team? Um, yeah, put your answer in the chat. No cheating allowed. You'll find out the answer after. But what we're going to do, um, Simon, is we're going to take a break for the adverts and the sponsors. Tom Rogers gone for 20 years. What did you go for, Simon? You went for? I was going to say, I said 12. You go for 12. I'll go for what year are we in now? 2022. I'll go for, oh, wow. Uh, oh, no pressure. Yeah, what, well, mate? I've got nothing. I don't know what I'm basing this on. This is just a massive hunch. <laughs> I'll go, I'll split you two down the middle as, as accurately as I can. And I'll go for 15, 15, 15 years. Okay. 
oh, TSW said I was 12. You're now, oh, now you're going for 15. So TSW spoke, ah, oh, you've stolen mine. So you're going for 15. You can keep 15. I'll go 17, whatever. I'll, let me just let me just type it. Me, 17. Simon, you went for, you go for 12, right? 12. Right, perfect. I know you're all going to just search it during the break like I am anyway, <laughs> but we'll see, we'll, we'll see you on the other side. It'll be about a seven, about seven or eight minutes break. So enough time to put yourself on mute if you need to go get a okay. drink or whatever else and we'll speak on the other side. No worries. Thank oh, you. All right. Perfect. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. If you have a passion for education and a talent for teaching and learning, the Witherslack Group want to hear from you. Join them as they open an incredible new school in Essex and be a founding teacher of English, Maths, Science or Primary with multiple leadership opportunities available too. As Teachers Talk Radio partners, we know how much they care about the well-being of staff and their offer to you will be superb. To find out more and apply for a role, visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The Daily Mirror runs a story on school places with headlines claiming that in some areas where schools are oversubscribed, nearly 9 out of 10 parents do not get a place for their child at their first choice secondary school. The article names specific schools in Wolverhampton and Lambeth as the hardest secondary schools to get into, with the primary from Liverpool named as the most difficult to get into. As children return to school for the new academic year, applications for those set to start primary or secondary in September 2023 are set to open soon. The deadline for secondary places is October 31st and January the 15th next year for primary. According to figures published in the article, 83% of applicants got their first choice of secondary school for September 2022, a small increase on the 2021 figure of 81%. The proportion of primary school applicants who received their first choice remained at 92%. A full list of England's most oversubscribed schools is published on the Daily Mirror website. 
In Scotland, council workers due to go out on strike next week have suspended their action after unions received a new pay offer from local authority leaders. The Unison, Unite and GMB unions agreed to suspend strikes in education and in waste services. The Unison, Unite and GMB unions agreed to suspend strikes in education and in waste services. The high-profile waste worker strike has seen rubbish build up in city centres, but action was also set to affect schools and early years provision as members of Unison were set to walk out. Aberdeen Live also reports on possible strike action by Scottish teachers after what unions describe as an insulting pay offer. The 5% pay increase was rejected by the Educational Institute of Scotland's Executive Committee and they have opened a ballot for members concerning industrial action. Members of the union have until the 16th of September to vote on the action. Following the return to school for the new academic year, Eastern Eye reports on advice to schools around school attendance. The advice recommends close partnership work with councils, targeted family support and home visits to address barriers to attendance. These form part of a package of new approaches to ensure that more children are in school every day. The Department for Education is also launching a three-year one-to-one attendance monitoring pilot aimed at tackling the factors behind non-attendance such as bullying and mental health issues. The scheme will be launched in Middlesbrough this year before expanding to other areas next year. A new attendance data visualisation tool is also expected later in September. In some countries on the continent of Africa, a significant barrier to school attendance comes as a result of pregnancy in adolescent girls, according to Human Rights Watch. The organisation says that whilst many countries now have laws and policies in place to protect girls' education, there are still shortcomings, with at least 10 African Union member countries still having no laws related to protecting the retention of students who are pregnant or are adolescent mothers. More on this story can be found on the Human Rights Watch website. In Wales, mandatory sex education lessons will go ahead in the new school term as the High Court rules in favour of the plan. A group of five parents lost their legal challenge to block the lessons in a hearing on the 31st of August. The group wanted to withdraw their children from the mandatory lessons or stop the rollout of relationships and sexual education altogether. The parents had already been granted a judicial review to be heard in November. RSE is part of the statutory new curriculum in Wales although half of secondary schools are delaying the new curriculum until 2023. This is Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I complete my series on home connection and getting the best performance. The topic today is why is my upload speed lower than my download speed? In previous episodes, we've discussed bandwidth and the more devices, the more demand, but internet service providers only tend to advertise their download speed. Why is this? Well, because it's higher. Let's take a trip back to the beginning of the internet for general public use. If you're old enough to remember dial-up and what we used to use the internet for pre-2006 when we were introduced to the Facebook boom, the internet was more like a library. You go, search for a book or a web page, use the book for your research, then return it. Traffic or knowledge is mostly one way, downloading to you. The only real use for uploading for the day-to-day user of the internet was to request a web page, a very small amount of data, and to send the odd email. Most things we did were all based on downloading. This is called an asymmetric connection. Downloading is given more bandwidth as it's the most used. This to date is still a fact. Most people download more than they upload. 
With data transmission being restricted by the size of transmission media being used, it makes sense for there to be more bandwidth dedicated to downloading than to uploading. Uploading has become increasingly more important for people since the development of apps like Facebook. Although developed in 2004, in 2006, due to increasingly better phone technology and the trend of documenting your life and posting it for others to see, the speed that you can upload has become more important. However, if a video or image takes a while to upload, we can do something else. If what you're watching stops, it's the end of the world. If this has given you food for thought, I'd love to hear from you. As we return to work, why not get in touch at TT Radio 2022? Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech for the new academic year. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Live from London, this is the Sunday Lunch with Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello and welcome back. It is now 1.56 on Sunday the 4th of September and you're still tuned in to the Sunday Lunch Show with me, Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, throughout this show I've been joined by Simon Rigby who is Les Toons, former PE teacher, talking about girls football, equal opportunity, all things sport and everything football. We're going to continue the conversation. There's about 20 to half an hour to go. Let's get to it. Live from London, this is the Sunday Lunch with Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash LSW slash TT Radio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Hello and welcome back. I'm going to start by saying we should all be ashamed of ourselves. When I'm talking, we're not talking about we people that have, if you've just tuned in or maybe you're listening back, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Before the break, I asked the people in the room, plus myself and Simon, to how many years the I think yeah, I specified it was England women's national team yeah. has been around, and we had numbers like <laughs> we were we were there fighting over numbers between fifteen and twenty. Which is just ridiculous. Not even, yeah. So Tom, Tom. Rogers, yeah, fifty. Yeah, Tom Rogers went for for twenty. Um, Simon Ridge went for twelve. I was going for around the fifteen year mark. TSCW went for around fifteen as well. Christian said twenty six. Then I did a bit of googling. I know you might have done a bit of googling. And what I've found on listen, uh, Wikipedia is fairly reliable. Um, what Wikipedia is saying is the England women's national football team was governed by the FA since 1993, but had previously been administered by the Women's Football Association and played its first international match back in 1972. So, whoa. So obviously it wasn't, well, I don't know if it, I'm going to assume it wasn't televised. I wasn't even alive in 1972. But even the fact that it's been governed by the FA since 1993, where some of us may not still have been alive, I was, but some of us may still not have been alive, and then it's been going on for that length of time, maybe in the relative background, or maybe we just haven't, I don't know, I can't, I'm, this, this is where it's, it's poor, like it's, it's mad, the patriarchy is so in, it's so ingrained mm. that like you just wouldn't, my, our whole kind of mindset is, oh, it's not been around for that, like it's not been around for that long. No, 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 we just haven't, they just haven't given, they haven't shone a light on it that much mm. until fairly, until fairly recently. Um, and it's a shame. 
But then I guess the counter argument becomes, well, but it's like a, it's a whole stupid cycle where people say, oh yeah, but it's just not a good quality. Then people say, well, it's not a good quality because the money's not been put into it for for like for, for good coaches, good setups, good facilities, encouragement, outreach, and so on and so forth. So yeah, you're gonna ch- you're not gonna churn out the most talented footballers um, if that's the case. And you get a cycle, and the cycle only gets broken with an infusion of funds. That's the only way. That's the only way it's going to get broken. Hopefully, it's going to get broken this time. But yeah, did you? That was a shock. I know you said wow. Yeah. In, it, was in the... it was a shock. It is a shock. But it just goes to show, uh, you know, just how much these girls have done as a team yeah. to highlight that you know they're here now uh, and they're here to stay. And you know, these changes are very important for the for the girls of this country. Hundred percent. Is Ella Toon? You you might is she is she a full time? I don't know. I'm going. This again is my ignorance. Is she full time? No other job now yes full time yeah okay yeah. and can she's now earning enough to be able to sustain it's it's a fair amount to be able to sustain she doesn't need another job i'm assuming no i think i think she's no. doing all right i've never discussed any money with her yeah of course you yeah. know it's um but uh but you know she, she she'll be doing all right out of it she's got you know some nice deals with, nice. with the sponsors and um I think they just won a fair chunk of money for winning the Euros, rightfully so as well. Decent, not as much as decent. not as much as the men did, but um, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's great to see. Uh, you know, for me, sitting back as a former teacher, just just like I do with you know with Scott and and and, and lots of other people, it's a measure for me is are they happy? Are they mm. happy in what they're doing? And you know, every time I see her, she's got a smile on her face, so uh, that's yeah, a nice. good measure. Good measure for me. Yeah, I know it's definitely not it's definitely not the case for a lot of the women that do play football professionally that are, well, from what I understand is that they still got to do other, another job essentially to bring in a bit more cash from what I understand. But I, I, again, I'd have to do, I'd have to do more research into it to work out. I'm just, I'm, I'm making an assumption based on what I've heard over, over the, over the few years around the pay and everything else. And the pay is another thing. And everyone, you get the, the kind of the, the, the cynics or the people call them the misogynists being like, Oh, they, they don't, they don't earn. They don't need to earn as much because they're not playing a, a high enough standard of football or whatever else. Or they, but then the main argument is the game just doesn't generate as much money. So as soon as a game generates more money from sponsors and and tele and being televised and everything else, then the more money generated by the women's game, the more money is available to pay them. But also, mm. there's money there to just fund. Yeah. The money, the money's there. <laughs> like the the money's money is there. there. The and there's the profile there. now to to get yeah. that sponsorship and get those people uh, interested. You know, get those big money advertisements on the side and the billboards, and and they're on the television, and and they, they've done a great job to to get that going. Yeah, we're gonna do. I'm um, in the theme of quizzes, just because I like quizzes. I'm gonna ask another question, see if we can get a little bit closer to the mark, people. Ooh. So this question is. What percentage of girls, and I think this is, I'm going to say this is UK schools, not certain if it's UK or English. We'll go with UK. What, what, for what percentage of girls in UK schools is football available to them? As in, I'm just going to, again, it's not very, the, the stat I'm looking at is out of an article. So I'm not clear whether they're talking about a football team or whether it's saying, oh no, girls can just play football. I'm not sure. But all it's saying is, it says this percentage of girls, football is available to them in schools. So across the country, this includes public schools, private schools. What percentage of girls do you think football is available to across the country? 
I know the answer because I'm looking at the stats. So I can sit quite smugly here. Um, and just let... thought. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, I'm going to go 40%. Wait... I'll go 40%. You've gone 40. TSCW says 42. Ooh. I'll see if Tom Rogers is is active listening. You might have gone, you might have nipped to the loo. Christian, if you're there, if you're active listening, what percentage of girls would we, well, I had, were, have football accessible to them? And this is public schools, private schools, everything else. You've gone 42. You went 40. TSW went 42. I'll give them another couple seconds. Otherwise, I'll just reveal the answer I'm looking at. Oh, Christian's come in. He said, oh, he's gone for low 20. 29 is very low. Okay. So according to this article, it's saying um, 63%, apparently. And this is an article that's written 2022. I think it's very written. It was written in on the 6th of August, 2022. It comes from a sentence that says the government refused to commit to equal access to football in schools where the sport is only available to 63% of girls is what is what it said. So that's me. I've, I've had to make an interpretation. So not as low as people thought, but does that mean, does that mean that there are 63% where they have girls teams? I doubt it. I doubt it. I feel like it may just be some sort of sports. I think for me, to define football being available to girls would mean there would have to be like a either a girls football club, like an after school thing where they can just go and play football. Yeah. I, I don't think you need to have a team per se to say that um, football is accessible to them. But yeah, so six three percent, so not as bad. I think no, what's I think not as bad. I think private I think private schools probably have a long way to go from what I understand, because I went to school that thought it was private, it wasn't actually a private school, but thought it was a private school. And we didn't even play football. Oh. They, didn't, they didn't allow us to play football. We, we had a lot of us that liked football, but the only thing we could play was at lunchtime in the little, in the playground with those crappy little, excuse my French, those rubbish little air, do you know those airflow balls? Yeah. Those small, <laughs> those small, those small airflow balls with the holes. And as soon as someone stepped on them, like it was a pro, like you just have, you had to then dig your little finger in the hole, pull yeah. the airflow ball back out, and then just do your best. Yeah, man, we had to play with those. That was it. That was all the football we had in that's, school. That's a shame. Yeah, it was. It was all, <laughs> like it was. It was just it was wannabe private school snobbery, and I can only imagine. And we played a lot of other schools who only did rugby as well and athletics and whatever else, but they didn't play football. So if that was the case, if the boys weren't playing football, obviously the girls weren't playing football. And then I could only imagine, I'm making an assumption here, that if they did develop, it would be boys playing football first. Mm-hmm. And then maybe down the line, they might have said, oh, maybe we should actually give girls a chance as well. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, so I imagine private schools have got some way to go. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know everything about every private school, but that's some way to go. But that stat isn't as low um, as we thought. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so moving again, moving the conversation on. So in... Is the main thing that's stopping girls' teams, is it supply? I'm a, is it, do you think it's more down to just the, the number of girls that want to play football is just too low for there to be a, like an actual sustainable team in most schools? Do you think that's, is that what you've experienced over your years, that there, aren't, there just aren't enough girls that actually like and want to play football? I, I, to be fair, I, can't, I don't know, because there's, there's always been in, in the, the communities I know of around here, uh, the, the, there, are, there have always been the shoots of girls' teams. Um, I don't know whether it's the you know the old adage that girls drop off from sport at, 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 at year nine, 
uh, and don't continue it. And you, you've got to you've got to create that interest, haven't you? You've got to keep that interest flowing and going. Um, so I think, but I think I think there's no more opportunities for girls uh, to to get into those squads and and to be pushed along. And I don't know whether the coaching's better, uh, the setups are better. They've got more opportunities. They've got their own designated nights. They've got their own designated kits. You know, you hear stories of, 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 of we'll just we'll just have this old kit that's been passed down and passed down and passed down. Um, so I think I think there's just that general interest now being being created from the from the girls' national side that mm. you know that there is a place for girls for, for girls football and yeah. and it's here to stay. And you know you're either you're either on that journey or you're not. And um, yeah. and I think schools and clubs up and down the country need to be on that journey. And it's incumbent. That's the thing. It's incumbent now upon PE teachers. I, we keep saying PE teachers because obviously they're the ones who interact mostly in this kind of field. But they need to, they need to actually look and find out who are the local teams in the in their area. I um, think that massively helps. Yeah. Yeah, because if, if you if you have a talented, because what you're often going to get is a talented girl in year seven or year eight who's just been playing football with her, her siblings or her cousins for the years. Mm-hmm. Now got very very talented. She probably has no idea about or she might not or her parents might not have any idea about what opportunity there is in just their local area mm-hmm. and i think if the as often is a case for schools we become the font of all knowledge and wisdom about all things <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so yeah. we need we need to also become a font of knowledge for the diff if there are girls teams in the local area and i hope there would be where they are what their details are contact information website mm-hmm. and so on so mm-hmm. that you can say Do you know what this parent or carer your your daughter or your this young girl is very talented. I suggest here are the local teams. Here are the local take teams, a, yeah. here are the local teams. Yeah. and that that if the school's not doing that, then obviously it's left. It's only the parent. It's only not. Parent, yeah. It's only the parent. Not every parent is going to have the nous or the to or or think or have enough to enough spare time to think. Oh, let me just research all the local teams. Yeah. Like they might not know. It's hard to know as a parent how good or not good your child is relatively without seeing them play against. Their peers, essentially, you just yeah, think, oh absolutely. yeah, actually, do you know yeah. what I mean? And you know, and it might be that parents are that busy that they, they don't understand that and they don't know that, and it's highlighted to them at a parents' evening or or they're picking the child up from a game and, and somebody has that conversation. I once had a conversation with a young man, uh, a young man and his dad after a game of rugby uh, in year seven, uh, and he went on to play uh, for a um, couple of the local teams in rugby, but at the time, his dad said. This lad, uh, I said, listen, your son needs to join some local rugby teams. It's really going to help him development. He said, he's not a rugby player, he's a footballer. <laughs> I said, and I said to him, I think, you know, I, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you here. We've just, we've just been at a game here. He's, he's been man of the match. He scored three tries. Uh, he actually broke two boys' collarbones with oh, wow. um, with the tackles that he made, which were, were you know weren't bad tackles. He just hit them in the right place at the right time, and and he happened to break two persons, um, two people, sorry, collarbones. Uh, and 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 I said, you know, this lad has got a, a he, he's got a passion for rugby, uh, and I know he's never played it before, uh, but he's he's come on and done well, and you know, it took me. Seven years, I think it was, before his dad came to me and said, "You were right. I'm glad he's. I'm glad he played. I'm glad he played rugby." Um, but you, you know, we spot these things. Yeah. We, PE teachers spot these things, and 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 it's great. But we've got that duty, I think, to to pass that information on, whether that's to a, a local 
team, uh, to to the parent, to do something about it. But we have we have definitely got that duty to pass that on. Yeah, it's just yeah, no, hundred percent. I love the fact that he just didn't he just didn't believe you, which is which is great. That's oh, it. Never, does happen. Yeah. It does happen. It does. Happen. If he's never played rugby, but and he, he would never, never played have rugby thought. in his life before, and he'd been to yeah. three training sessions, and asked could he play yeah. for the team. Uh, and I said, of course you can. You've been to the training sessions. We, we've got a game coming up. You can. You're coming along with us. You were. You were. Yeah. You'd been picked. Uh, and he never even told his dad that he was going playing rugby. His yeah. dad. Play, his dad was like, I thought he was playing football tonight. Yeah. You know, he, he said to his dad, he just got a, just got a match at school, and his dad presumed it was it was football. Uh, he picked him up from the local school, and the first thing you know that that he had coming forward to him was me saying what a delight his son was and what a great rugby player he's got he's going to be. Um, I love I, I love that he's a footballer mentality. That's always going to stand someone in good stead, isn't it? Flipping. Yeah, up. you get a lot of these boys though, <laughs> but you get a lot of boys that come through and think I'm just a footballer. Yeah, They're not, yeah. you know. They, they've got talents in other in, in lots of other areas, and and again, as PE teachers, we've got to un, unleash that potential uh, to you know and find out what they are good at. No, definitely, 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 definitely. Listen, I'm conscious. I don't. What I don't want to do is drag the conversation on if it's if it's coming to a natural, um, if it's coming to a natural close. I know the show's scheduled to two thirty, but genuinely, if I if I feel like, do you know what, this I think we've said everything we need to say yeah. on this one. I think we've got a nice, we've had a nice, a nice conversation about this, and I think it's been very. It's food for thought. For hopefully, I'm going to try and make this for a lot of PE teachers. I'm going to put a lot of taglines in the bio and see if I can get. Um, talk about PE and girls football and everything else. Mm. I'd say if so, if if any PE teacher, I don't know, let's say a head of PE was listening, maybe just starting out as a as a new head of PE. Mm-hmm. Let's say they're in a school where the school's never had any kind of. Let's go for the extreme. They've never provided any provision. I hate yeah. the word. I've just used. They've never had any provision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've never had any provision for girls football to date. And this PE teacher is now coming in head of PE. And wants to change that. What would what would your give them? Well, I know you can't give them a step by step. Not everything's going to work. But what would no. your kind of advice for them be to try and ensure they have like their best case? They can state their best claim for it and get the ball rolling on it. What would you say? I would say start small, and I would say get into your community. Use you know if you're a new if you're new to that community, get into that community. Go and find out what's happening on the ground level, the grassroots. Uh, football that's going on in your area and and you know listen to the pulse the the community should be the pulse of the school um and, and if, you, if you if you get that pulse right then you can do great things in any PE department mm. so would that be kind of like because it's difficult to go into the to what the provision is for actually no to be fair so you're talking about the provision for primary school age and secondary school age for football essentially and work out what's going on in the local area yeah, if you can go, if you yeah. go on a Saturday morning and a Sunday morning into the into uh, your local football clubs and just have a walk around, you know, I, I've always had a dog and and it's great walking the dog because you can go to these places and see what's going on uh, under under a different guise with a you know with, mm. a, with a hat on. They don't know it's you, and then uh, um, you see what's going on, and you know people people talk to you and they'll say, hey, there's a really good team over here, and there's a really good team coming through here, and and you get to know these things, but. You, you don't do that without doing the groundwork. Mm. And I imagine if, if you just walked into a, a local community, I don't know, for teen, like secondary school age, girls club or whatever else, 
you'll probably end up if you if it's a local thing, you probably end up finding either someone at that club who already goes to your school that yeah. you just that you just, that you just yeah. never knew that you never knew played football, yeah. or if you get talking and say, oh yeah, I'm from so and so school. Yeah. And then someone over here is like, oh, I know someone. Oh, someone else has come to this club that went to your school. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what, really? And you'll start finding out. Because a lot of the, the talented girls for, for sports like football go under the radar because they just don't have the outlet. Yes. Um, and that, that's the shame, isn't it? So I guess... That is a shame. That, yeah. And that's, that but, is a very... But also, you can, you've, got them, the, you've got again the professional coaches there that you can tap into to say, you know, as a starter session, would you come in and do, you know, mm. rather than seeing the same face at training every week and week, can can you come in and do a training session one night and, and tap into that mm. that outlet of sources that you've got to 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 help you with you know create that create that that team and that journey. Perfect. Cheers, Sam. And what we're going to do, we're going to leave it there, mate. And all I can say is thank you very much for thank agreeing you. to come on the show. I hope you've enjoyed. It's been a great conversation. I've very much enjoyed it. It's been very thought provoking about something that we don't often talk about on Teachers Talk Radio. It's a very niche topic, this one. Yeah. Um, but thank you very much for coming very on. Welcome. And it's thank been, it's been a pleasure. No worries at all, mate. Cheers. All the best. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio. Wonderful stuff. Thank you, everyone, for your contributions and for listening and taking part in everything else. I'll be back on on a Sunday coming soon. Cheers.